Hey, welcome back to E-Crime Bites, Season 2, Episode 14, Officer Timothy Horwath is sentenced for child pornography. This is Act 3, which is punishment, and you really need to see Acts 1 and 2 because if I can give you a real quick tour, Officer Timothy Horwath had a laptop in his police bag in his garage that had child porn on it. He had child porn on phones that were on him. And when he was arrested and charged, he was allowed to be free on bond with some conditions that he not be in contact with young people and that he not be around computers. And he violated all that. He had iPads, phones. Um, he had Comcast routers that he shouldn't have had. He had um, T-Mobile hotspots, all stuff he wasn't supposed to be doing while he was on release, but he was doing them. So the government has caught up with him at this point, and I'm going to bring that to you here in Act 3, which is punishment. So now we're in February 22nd of 2023, and they were doing a triage analysis of Horwath's phones, and they found a bunch of communications with presumably young people again, because he's asking questions like, are you 18 years old? And then after they answer, they would get into sexual conversations, and then there were exchanges of nude photos. So this also violates his pre-trial release agreements, right? His communications a lot of times were with young females in the Philippines, and a lot of times he would offer them money. And one of the times he was quoted as saying, I am your boyfriend now and I should take care of you. Creepy, right? So in February, 2023, the government says, hey, listen, we've done surveillance. I brought you that in act two previously. We've done um, our searches, which was act one, where they found all that shit in his garage. And they said, hey, he's come back and he's still breaking all these agreements he agreed to, to be out of jail before trial. We don't think there is any set of circumstances that we could put together that would keep him safe from society. And what do you know? The court agreed and they said, yep, he's going to be detained. He's going to be detained until trial. And I think this helped facilitate his plea agreement because a couple months later in April, he pleaded guilty. So not much happened between um, April and September of this year, which is still all 2023. Uh, there was a forfeiture order that came through in September 23 that said that the government could seize those three things that they asked for earlier, which was his Toshiba satellite computer, which was in that police officer bag. And two of the phones, one of them was an LG phone and one was Alcatel phone. So a month later, we're now talking October 2nd of 2023. So this is just a couple of weeks ago from this recording. At sentencing, the government wants a sentence of 121 months in prison, followed by 10 years supervised release, $53,000 in restitution, and a special assessment of $5,100. The defense comes back and probably doesn't have a whole lot to stand on, but they're like, we would like 60 months, please, which is five years, which is the minimum. I can't imagine they would give him the minimum in this, assuming, you know, just the fact he's a police officer. I mean, he knew better. So the one thing that I'm going to note here is the defense said, we want 60 months because, because Horwath was abused by an elderly neighbor when he was eight to 10 years old. Whether or not that is true, I don't know. I mean, we could go down the whole tangent of a lot of times abusers are abused themselves. And a lot of times they abuse 
children and age ranges that they were abused themselves. And if this was true, if you put all that together and you say, assume all that was true, eight to 10 years old kind of fits in the range of the child pornography that I talked about in um, act one. So that was the defense's argument for less time. So sentencing rolls around that day and they said, plead guilty of one count of child pornography or receipt of child pornography. And he's going to be in prison for a term of 121 months. And I went, holy shit. They actually gave him the whole thing. So that's just over 10 years. So the government asked for just over 10 years. They got just over 10 years when he's released. He will also be supervised for an additional 120 months. So he's going to be in prison for 10 years, and then he's going to be supervised for an additional 10 years. Hopefully that will keep children safe from former officer, Timothy Horwath. They also had a bunch of mandatory, mandatory conditions of his supervised release. Things like, you know, you can't come into contact with kids. You can't loiter within a hundred feet of schools, parks, all this stuff that they said he couldn't do under his pretrial services agreement, but he still did. So I don't know if he will abide by this or not. Maybe after 10 years in the prison, he will. Who knows? Another one of the things that they said is he must not communicate or otherwise interact with a victim. And they gave the victim name. And I'm not even going to give that. It's that's even obfuscated. And I'm not even going to give that. It's from this child porn series that officer Horowath had on his computer. So it sounds like law enforcement was able to track down some victims in this case and actually put it to a person. And I don't know if officer Horowath had contact with that person or not, or if this is just a standard thing that the government says, you can't contact this person no matter what, but it seemed weird to me. So I thought I would bring it up to you here that they actually named a victim here and he couldn't contact him. They also said he can't read, view, possess any material depicting sexual content involving adults or children. So basically it's a blanket statement of you cannot view pornography anymore on computers or anywhere else. Photographs, books, writings, drawings, video games, basically any type of pornography, you cannot have access to it. He, they also say he has to attend sex offender treatment. He has to go through periodic polygraph testing at the discretion of his probation officer. He can't access computers or any online computer service unless it's approved by his probation officer. Also, he can't access cell phones and cell phones that can access the internet. Okay, so we get to his penalties and there's the $5,100 assessment up front. There is this other restitution, this $53,000 restitution that actually goes to the victims. And I'm not going to talk about who the victims are, but they divide them up in the court documents. I think it was four or five different groups of victims and they divide that money between them. And they say, when he pays it, it'll go in this proportion to all these different victims. So that is it. Okay. So some of my final thoughts, first of all, I fucking hate the subject material, like I said, but like a lion's share of these cases are child pornography. And this one being an officer was especially, I think, important to talk about. I found it very shocking that given he's an officer, he was caught and then he was giving very clear instructions 
when he was let out of jail, don't access computer and don't talk to young kids. But he still did it. He still went back and he did it. You know, if you measure the sentences, we saw some sentences where there were tax evasion or, or tax fraud, and it was 10 years for millions of dollars. Here it was 10 years, but it was a sexual related offense. So if you were going to measure non-sexual related offenses versus sexual related offenses, and you give more weight to the sexual related offenses, and you say this should be punished more in that scenario, this 10 years kind of feels light. If you compare it to the 10 years for the people that use the IRS to file false tax returns, it, it feels like an apples and oranges comparison where they're getting the same sentence, but here there was sexual criminality to it. To me, that just felt weird. So I thought I'd bring it up and talk about it. So the last thing is I can imagine this dude, when he gets into prison, is going to be the biggest target out there because he's former law enforcement. So I imagine if the prison population finds out about that, that's going to be a strike against him. He's also a kid known as a kid diddler because he's into child pornography, which is also another low ladder rung in prison. So you combine those two facts, I imagine he's going to... I don't. I couldn't imagine being in general population. Uh, if he is, he's, it could be tough for him. If they, if this information ends up becoming public, I, I'd imagine it'd be tough for him. So with that, thank goodness this case is over, but the overlying arching concept of electronic crime and an officer who should be trusted doing all these egregious things that he should not be doing. So if there was anything in this episode that you liked, um, you know, the model research that I did or the level of detail that I brought to you in this case, please like subscribe, follow thumbs up, whatever it is on the application that you're watching us on. If you haven't visited our website, please do. It's ecrimebytes.com. Byte spelled the computer way. B Y Y is in yellow milk. T E S.com. And with that, I want to give you a real quick preview of next week because this case blew my mind. I, I went, it went across my radar and I was like, this definitely has to become an episode soon because it was so unique. It is burning Teslas with Michael A. Gonzalez. And I'm not going to give too much of it away of why he burnt the Tesla, but it's a really interesting story that involves electronic crime and involves physical destruction of the Tesla. And this picture I'm showing you on your screen right now, that's evidence. That's one of the Teslas that was burnt out in the middle of a lake. And you're like, why is it out in the middle of a lake and burnt? You're going to have to come back to E-Crime Bites Season 2, Episode 15, Burning Teslas with Michael A. Gonzalez to find out. And I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks. Bye.